0: Hola mi gente, welcome to the Christy Osoria Show, a podcast for women who want to empower and elevate their minds, for the women who are ready to make a change. For the women who are no longer waiting for someone to tell them when they should take action towards their goals and are ready to make boss moves. This podcast is to support women in their personal and business journey. Thank you for listening and hanging out with me. And I cannot wait to share with you so much amazing information to support you in your journey. Hola mi gente, welcome back to a brand new podcast day and as always I'm always so grateful to be sharing with you a guest speaker. And I honestly cannot wait for, for me for to share uh, Michelle Gomez, a Latina spiritual coach. Which, by the way, you're going to get so much valuable information from Michelle. And um, please just go and follow Michelle right on Instagram, on Facebook. She's the founder of Healed e has Healing the Mother. She talks about healing the mother wounds. And she's gonna go in so much deeper into um healing the mother wound and what it is um she's also going to share some career tips because um michelle does share about her background and who where she where where she was before she started doing um being becoming a spiritual coach a latina spiritual coach but there is something that i do want to share and um you know for those that have been thinking about you know, healing, right? Healing, um, whether it's a form of therapy, whether it's going to therapy, whether it's writing, reading, um, attending workshops, right? Know that you have to do what's right for you, right? And no way is a perfect way, right? But every time that you do show up, whether it's in a workshop, whether it's in therapy, it doesn't stop there. you have to, in your own time, continue to do the work. I think what I've come to understand with a lot of people that when it comes to healing, like, you know, they think it's just like, oh yeah, I'm going to just talk to a therapist or, you know, go to my spiritual coach and one hour and done. And no, actually healing is um, working on yourself, right? It's an everyday thing. It's not just a one-time thing. And you're going to hear many amazing coaches say this all the time, you know, because remember, it's only for a certain period that you are with a therapist. It's only a certain period whether you are with with a workshop or with your coach, but you are with yourself every single day. And when you are by yourself, right, a lot of the times that's when we think about our past problems for whatever reason. And we think about... All these issues that has happened in the past, right? And is in knowing those moments where you have to learn how to work through them. And um, I, w- I really wanted to like share this, especially on today's episode, because healing is not... It's not always pretty right healing is is a journey and you know and there are so many amazing people that want you to heal those past wounds we carry so many wounds from our past um you know that of current affects us now and you know michelle i've been following her and i love the work that she's doing you know especially healing the mother womb like I did a a, a, a workshop one time about healing the mother womb. And man, like, that was just intense. But intense in a good way because I learned something about myself that I didn't know before. I learned something about myself that, you know, that I, you know, that I just was like, okay, like, you know, I I, I didn't realize I had this issue and I got to work through it, right? Um... So, yeah, that's actually my little take before the podcast, before I show Michelle. But I want you to know that whatever journey you are in, right, whatever wherever you are, right, however, whatever way you take on healing, remember that it's a, it's every single day you continue to have to work on it. And don't be ashamed, right, to share about this process because I've gone through it and I'll be sharing more about my journey. Um, Michelle has gone through it. You know, everyone has gone through it in their own way and we all you know we all need to heal right i'm i'm big on that i'm big on healing um what you know healing our past healing our wounds cuz that's important in order for us to be um, a better person you know for us to learn more about ourselves to so more to do things differently in our lives and not trying to do things like the past but with further ado, I definitely want to share with you Michelle Gomez. I want you, um, you know, definitely take some amazing notes. She has um, an amazing story. Um, she's gonna give you both career strategies, but also, you know, some healing, um, information that I think that you will value so much. Um, also remember to go follow Michelle on Instagram and on Facebook. She definitely has a free ebook. I will post all of that in the show notes. I'll put all her website and information, how you can get in contact with Michelle. She is amazing. And I truly appreciate her for having being here in this podcast and sharing her story and what she is doing, um, to help more Latina women, uh, you know, healing their mother wound. So with further ado, hey everyone, welcome back to the Christy O'Soria show. I am so excited. Today I get to have a special guest. Her name is Michelle Gomez. Um Michelle Gomez, she has an um she's MBA, she's the Latina Career and Life Coach speaker and author of Own Your Brilliance, Overcome Imposter Syndrome for Career Success. She has earned a bachelor's degree in business management and a master's degree in business administration. She has over 21 years of experience learning, navigating and overcoming obstacles that plague women in the corporate environment. Gomez is a passionate is passionate about helping Latinas achieve positions of power and influence through effective career planning and personal advocacy. Gomez uses her expertise in executive presence, professional communication, personal branding, leadership, quality, and negotiation methods to empower Latinas towards their personal and professional goals. As a working mom holding down a corporate job while building her coaching business, Michelle helps other. Other working moms develop a work-life design that incorporates career ambition and conscious parenting through inner feminine healing. Recently, she's launched a new area of her life coaching practice called Healed IHAs. I love that. A program focusing on helping adult daughters heal their Latina mother wounds. And I am so pumped, (laughs) honestly, to have this conversation. I'm getting, as as I'm like saying this, because... I know Michelle's going to go a little bit deep into her work, but I just think it's so important to talk about that mother wound healing. And Michelle, please take it away. Please share with my audience who you are. I know it's, I've read the brief bio, but like what made you get started into this work? And, you know, what is it that you do exactly? And a little, a little bit fracking about you.
1: Yeah, well, um, I had been career coaching for free just within my corporate jobs. You know, whether it was helping develop the people that worked with me or helping develop people outside of work, whether, you know, people from my church, friends, kids, friends, themselves, you know, they were always kind of coming to me for advice on how to get to the next level, you know, how to present themselves, how to negotiate, all that stuff. And I had, I had done that in my own career. uh, And I think I just had people come to me and say, how do I do that too? So I just started, you know, mentoring people you know, meeting them in my office, going to lunch with them, meeting for coffees. And we would, you know, I just was like, Oh, sure. Let's take a look at your resume. Let's look at your LinkedIn profile. Let's do some mock interviews here, you know? And so I just helped strengthen people's executive presence and teach them how to advocate for themselves because I had to learn to do it for myself being, you know, um, in my industry that I was pretty much working in the most the logistics industry supply chain, um, when I first got started, there were very few Latinas in positions of power and influence and even further amount of women. It was all middle-aged white guys, right? So I had to really fight for what I, what I wanted. And so people just saw that tenacity in me and came to me for advice. And I was more than happy to do that. Right. Um, so I didn't know what coaching was Mm -hmm. and I, and I realized, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I just thought, you know, I sure I'll show you. <laughs> so yeah, then, uh, like you're like, yeah, yeah you. I'm like, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's like a Latina thing. Like, yeah, we'll help you out. Yeah, we'll of us. course, it's the Comadre network, right? And I'm like, of course. So mm-hmm. then, um, you know, and then so then I wrote, I finally uh, saw that the advice that I was imparting on people was not only out of my own experience, but because I read, the I read a lot. And mm-hmm. so just years and years of experience and my education and training and the expansion of my knowledge base and my ability to connect with people and, and people actually take my advice to heart and and apply it. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but I found that I was able to hold them accountable, give them strategy, guidance, teach them how to, you know, celebrate their wins, how to pick themselves up of their losses. So, um, yeah. So I finally was like, you know what, I'm just going to write a book about this. And and my journey and with the things that I did so that people, they just want to read my book and do what I did, great. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, I, I launched my company, Michelle Gomez Coaching, and I started just mostly career coaching, mostly. But it wasn't until this year that I launched my life coaching side of the company as well for Heal ECAS 2020. And uh, because it is, it is an area that um, not only I have had to work on in my own career, but I realized how addressing my mother wound was not only empowering me as a as a woman but it sh- I saw how not healing it was affecting my work was yes. affecting yeah. my relationships yeah. uh, my parenting my marriage like i'm like this this is I, I keep accomplishing a lot here right but yet there's something that still makes me feel inferior makes me feel like inadequate like i don't belong mm-hmm. like i have to keep pushing in order to feel like I'm, um, worthy of the success that I have, you know, and I finally, you know, after so many years therapy, I mean, for 10 years, therapy, tons of books, hiring my own life coaches, you know, attending webinars and stuff like that. A lot of the books I read and the webinars I attended regarding the mother wound didn't necessarily always tailor to women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was still a disconnect there, and I'm like, no. I some of the things you're talking about, I can't relate to. I don't come from privilege. Yeah, it's easy to say what you say right now, but because you don't come from a Latina, Latina background, and there's a lot of cultural implications around and traditions that you know we have to we have to encounter. And so you know, learning to strive as a um, Latin American woman and trying to succeed in this country. When you still have a foundational teachings of a Latina background and trying to heal your traumas while still striving with ambition, it's a hard, hard dichotomy. It so is. I have had to do it. And so now I help other women do it too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is. And um, I'm a life coach myself. So I'm a confidence and women empowerment coach. Nice. I get what you mean in the sense of I, like, I've done 10 years of my own work and a lot of the stuff, like I couldn't relate to And I recently even did my own mother wound healing. Um, That was something that was brought up to me um, with one of my, with one of my own coaches. And she was like, you need to like heal that. And, you know, but, and, and just like you said, like it, you know, I could do this work and I I know the work that has to be done, but there was something that was still missing, even as a mother and even as coaching with my clients, there was just something that was still not, I, still, I knew that like, I needed to fix. So I can so relate to what you're saying. Um, and even when you do the work, we're still finding things that we still have to do within ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, if, can you? Um, for those that know like that mother wound healing, right? Because someone hears it, they're like, What is a mother wound? Es so
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Es so like <laughs> you know, can you like people are like, but well, I don't need to heal for my mom. Like, yeah, we do, believe it or not, because we yeah. hold so much trauma. And even from our mother, from even our grandmothers. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it goes back to ancestral days, you know. I had totally. to both. Mm-hmm. I had to heal my relationship with my mother and I also had to learn how to heal my relationship with my grandma rest in peace. But like I had to heal that relationship mm-hmm. because I realized so For me, I was bringing that to my own daughters. Yes. And, you know? So yes. can you, um, take, uh, take, like, if you could just, um, just share a little bit of like, what is this mother wound healing? Sure. How do you take a client in and what, what can they expect when they're in this process, when they're in this moment with you?
1: Yeah. So the mother wound is when there's a a very deep sort of pain and trauma that has followed you in other parts of your life, and a lot, a big foundational part of that pain is the inability to have your own identity, right? There's so much expectations on Latina daughters, right? There's and and there's so many messages of complacency. Like you need to be just take what you can get, do as you're told. Always se la niña buena, you know, se la niña obediente, you know. Um and then we, when you come from a culture that reveres mothers as like perfect. You know, there's nothing they do is wrong, you know, and, and you could can't hold them accountable or ask questions. Don't challenge them, you know, just do as you're told. And so there's this inability to grow into your true identity. Right. And so you are you are sort of clayed into being this person that you're not because you know you want to fit into this mold so that you're acceptable, yeah. so that you're loved. Yeah. Right. And with during that molding, that molding comes in a lot of ways. And it it could be very minimal, as in like you know, it could be just messaging of caring about what other people think. It could be a codependency kind of a nurturing style, narcissistic nurturing styles, immature parenting styles, emotionally immature parenting. Um, And then you add to that some of the things that young girls in our culture experience, physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse. um, and, And there comes this maternal betrayal sometimes because you have to betray yourself in order to feel loved and accepted by your mother, Mm -hmm. right? And this is why as moms now, we have to do the work to emotionally heal ourselves and uh, be very secure in our inner feminine so that our daughters don't have to fill up whatever we never fixed, because that's what's happening. You know, our mother's, there could, there's a lot going on there, right? They either come from trauma themselves that never got addressed. Mm -hmm. It's cyclical, generational, cultural, colonizational type trauma. Then you bring in things like machismo Mm -hmm. and Marianismo, and you have um, the the elements of like divorce and super enmeshed families. Uh, All of this really just chips away at the identity of this little girl that you were born to be. And then you become an adult now, and you go from being your daughter's mother, your your mother's daughter to somebody's wife and somebody's mom, you know, and so you really just don't have time to discover your own identity. And it could be very you could feel very lost because the assumption is I have to behave that way my mother taught me to behave and in order to feel loved. And so it could be overgiving, you know, neglecting yourself, you know, and feelings of just inadequacy. And a lot of it comes from that messaging. As a child and so what uh what i do is i help my clients identify how this shows up in their lives how they can rebirth themselves and rebirth the relationship that they want to have with their mother if they want to have it some women have chosen to completely disconnect for their own personal reasons right or have limited contact um but if they would you know have a, a relationship with their mamas that is authentic to them that honors them and that is based on self-love
0: and boundaries yeah yeah i um. my goodness i this is such a great topic right now and i'm just like oh my goodness because i i realized like even with my own mom right? like, my mom came from honduras and she mm-hmm. was going through her own trauma coming to honduras not knowing the english language and they literally had to put things under the rug like you know, like I talk about it. Yeah. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about issues. And it's something that my mother grew up, um, learning, right. Because it's like her mother went through her own stuff and it's like, you don't talk about the stuff in the house. So we don't talk about what's going on. If you got any issues, just move it because there's no times to, yes, there's not a time to handle issues right now because we have to handle life.
1: Yes we're all trying to survive. We're trying yeah. to feed ourselves and put a roof over your head. I don't have time for your issues. Exactly. And I get that. I get that. at the parents who don't have, who are too busy struggling for survival, mm-hmm. you know, don't necessarily have the mental and emotional capacity mm-hmm. to carry you through your moments where you're like, wait a second. I think I'm, I'm, I have PTSD here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they just didn't have the fortitude to be there for us. But now that's why our generation is in a unique space that we have to address that stuff because unfortunately it shows up. I mean, half the time when I was working solely in the career space with Latina women or women in general, really who could not negotiate for a fair salary, who could not advocate for themselves without feeling shame or guilt or, or like they were being boastful or arrogant, you know, And it's like, where did that as I started to you know uncover, like let's explore this, where did that come from? It almost always came back to childhood. Yeah. And the messagings and the trauma and the you know the 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 patriarchy Mm -hmm. of life in our cultures and telling us, like, you know, don't ask for too much, just take what you can get, you know, don't be ungrateful, don't be pushy. Yeah, and settle, settle for, you know, settle. Settle. Life gives
0: you, and that's something that because we see our parents do, we think that it's okay for us to do, you right? and and, and I get it, right, because our parents, well, for me, like, my parents came from Honduras, so they just did their best they can, and, you know, my, you know, my parents have amazing jobs, but um, my mom is at a point where she's about to retire, and she's like, well, you know, I could have done so much, and it's like, I kind of had to, like, tell her recently, like, mom, you know, you don't gotta settle in life, like, you know, you settled so much trying to, this woman of um being this woman with like a power but also that like you felt the need to just do what was told for you just to do Mm -hmm. and that's something that many latina women struggle with i feel that we're Mm -hmm. told just get that job do that thing because it's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. because La gente vale si, that's all that you do and that's oh all God. that we put ours we put ourselves in this like limited box i feel and we don't know how to get out of that box you know and then when right. we want to get out we're like afraid because we're like like what do you mean i could also be uh i could be a coach but i could also be a writer like what do you mean by that Do you understand and uh, so many women, and I'm sure you have seen it because I have seen it as my own clients. Um, So many women have just settled so much in their life. And even Latina women, because we just feel that we, we have to be good consistently and we, and good means having that stable job. That's not risky a lot of the right. right. Yeah. And, and there's
1: uh, so much different messaging of what being the good daughter is. Right. And so that's, it's, it's the survival mechanism when you were younger, but it does you no favors as an adult because being the good girl, you know, and and just not making a lot of noise, all you do is you show up for other people, but you don't show up for yourself. And so in the long run, that will, it'll come back because our bodies are truth tellers. So we may not speak it from our mouths that we're feeling um, inferior or feeling afraid or feeling tired. You know, we just keep giving and keep giving and keep giving, keep sacrificing, keep Mm self-denying, um, in order to make everyone else comfortable. And eventually it'll show up in, you know, hair loss, weight gain, weight loss, the way our relationship to money, to food, to the type of connections we surround ourselves with, you know, it's so this Marianismo is so, Thick about, like, and even just the expectation of an adult daughter as an adult. You know what I mean? Like, of these moms, our moms have this expectation, like, oh, when my son grows up and he leaves, like, of course, you know, he has to be connected to the hip of his wife. So, you know, if I see him great, if I see my grandkids on my son's side, I'll just count my blessings and be thankful for the time that I get. However, when it comes to my daughter, Oh no. Like I have, I have full access to her and her home and her family, you know? And so to, if, if that's not what you want, I mean, every daughter is different, right? Some daughters are like, no, I actually kind of want my mom super involved in my life. But if you're the type of daughter that wants her own autonomy mm-hmm. and her own identity and raise her home and her kids and manage her life in, in a different way. That is a, that is a self-acknowledgement that is a part of your identity. And if you, you either reject what you want so that your mother and the people around you can feel like they have a place in your life or you set boundaries and live life on your terms and then piss people off. So that was the, that was a lot of the struggle that people have. Everyone's, everyone's version of their relationship with their mother is different, but that's why I help my clients understand what works for you. Mm Because what works for you, is not going to work for anyone. What kind of dynamic do you want to have? But more than anything, I create a safe space to have these conversations. Because unfortunately, our moms just don't have the emotional capacity at times to want to listen or to react in a way that is loving and nurturing and understanding, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, okay, what are our options here? Keep quiet and struggle the rest of my life or address this issue, reinvent myself, rebirth my inner child and live life of freedom to be who I am Mm -hmm. and have a relationship with my mom that's natural to me, whatever that looks like, you know, as long as if it's like you see your mom every weekend or you talk to your mom three times a week or you talk to her once a week, you know, or you. it's up to you. Yeah, it has to feel real and authentic and comfortable to the life that you as an adult woman wants to live.
0: Exactly, and and it, and it, and it's okay. Like, and I learned that going through my own healing. Like, my so my mom lives in a different state, and a lot of the times, you know, even I'm, again, I'm 33. I've been on my house since I was 19, and every now and then she tries to put a little control, and I have to set that boundary with my mom, you know. But if. I had to, like, even recently tell her, like, Mom, I don't have to call you every day. Like, I'm all right. Like, you know, and if I call you once or twice a week, I know it's because I'm all right with that. Yes. I need to have a conversation with you every day. Now, of course, everyone's different. There's people that need to have their conversation with their mom every day, and that is okay. But yes. me, I had to set that boundary with my mother in that sense of, Mom, I'm okay with talking to you twice a week. Yeah. And I'll see you two weeks from now. I'm all right with that. But mm-hmm. again, that was me. That was when I started doing a lot of my inner healing for myself to set that boundary with my mother because she was expecting as her oldest daughter, um, you need to call me every day. Why don't you need you to be available? Me? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. also, like, where is your brother? I, my brother don't live in the state that I live in. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you mean, yeah. my brother? But right. you know, and she and a lot of the times, because it's 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 the truth like a lot of, especially with Adina moms like they expect you to kind of also mirror them and do kind of the same things that they do like checking up on all the brothers and sisters checking up on your yeah. father and yeah it's
1: like, no, no 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 you no. know i'm just yeah. over here living my life man yeah, like right. you know like I, they're they're grown i'm sure if <laughs> you know one of them's dying they'll reach out yeah <laughs> you know, i'm on their emergency believe me yeah 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 no will be okay
0: yeah, that's a, funny. Yeah, yeah. As a mom um, of daughters, right? Because you're a mom of two. Yes.
1: Daughters.
0: Yes. Um, I'm, a, I'm do- I have two daughters, also, and a son. How has this also doing your inner healing um, helped with the relationships with your daughters and teaching them? Because I'm pretty sure they're in a young. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're yeah. teenagers. But, yeah. Um, mine are teenagers, so yeah. you know, and of course, I don't want them to go through that same. They're gonna go through their mistakes, but I don't mm-hmm. want them to gonna kind of carry my trauma with them. Correct. Right? Yes. So, yeah. how have you, if you can just um, share my with my audience a little bit, with the audience a little bit, how has um, this mother wound healing helped that relationship with like mother daughter now, like with you? And oh your- yeah.
1: So it's led me to be more conscious in my parenting, and like I said, I read a lot, and I'm grateful to be engaged and connected to. Organizations like Latinx Parenting, Latinx Parenting is doing a great job here in Southern California on um, teaching, you know, un, um, what do they call it? Leslie uses this term a lot. It's like unviolent parenting, you know, nonviolent parenting. You know, so I don't hit my kids. I don't, I don't um, yell at my kids. I may, I may get stern, but I'm not one to yell for no reason, like for stupid things, like you didn't wash the dishes, and I'm gonna yell at them. I don't curse at them. I don't call them out of their name. I call them mija, you know, or their names or sweetie or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't subject them to that stuff. Even So I had to get my healing in order so that my frustration wouldn't escalate to that. Because really our traumas are just fears, right? And so when we're getting closer and closer to facing a fear, you can react in, in very explosive ways. And so hence why my mom, had that you know i understand that about her now my mom's unhealed traumas her in her un um, undiscovered insecurities Um, she hasn't been ever been able to fill her cup and be secure in her own skin ever so therefore she requires a lot from other people i didn't want that i started to see that about myself years ago where i just needed so much validation from the outside world to feel loved i just needed the world to tell me that I was good, that I was enough, you know, but as I, it's very exhausting to live like that, yeah. to require that from other people. Cause you, you come off very needy and codependent. And I realized early on that, you know, I can't, part of my, my mother wound, my frustration was that I had, my mother had not done the work to heal her inner feminine. So she was very free or felt very empowered to, At times in my childhood and and through my teenage years, to make her pain mine, Mm. like she needed, she needed somebody to to be there in her pain and be angry with her and like you know be be hurt with her. Like Mm -hmm. if if my dad left, he didn't leave me, he left us. Mm -hmm. You know, if she got in a fight with her sister she's not just fighting with me, she's fighting with us, you know, and it's like when you don't deal with your inner feminine like that, you can rally the troops and really cause a lot of unnecessary pain. So I just wanted to heal my inner feminine in such a way that my kids don't need to support me emotionally. Mm -hmm. They need to learn to be able to, to support themselves and become their own identity. So I'm grateful for the conscious parenting that I've gained from this, for people like Latinx parents, for organizations like Latinx parenting, like uh, Dr. Shafali Tasberry, who writes about conscious parenting and the awakened families, her work has inspired me. I was healing my mother wound, and then reading her books cohesively to, and I was so that I could translate my healing into my parenting. Mm-hmm. So with my kids, I just accept that they don't belong to me. I was blessed to birth them here, but really, they're their own essence, and they uh, they don't need to be an extension of my ego or, or be whatever I think they should be so that I look good. It's like, no, I'm responsible for making myself look good. I'm responsible for validating myself as a woman to put that kind of pressure on them. Is not fair? Because that's not why they were here. They didn't ask to be here. So I accept them with their ups and downs, with their different personality types, when they're moody, when they're happy, you know, it's just, I try not to personalize it or make them feel guilty or anything like that. I just realized like these are just kids yeah. that are trying to figure out who they are and they need a safe space to do it. Mm-hmm. So I can't put my mess mm-hmm. on them. So really I that's that's how it's adjusted and I, and they and they are also very aware of the dynamic that I've had with my mom. They've picked up on it. It's been they're not they're not kids are very astute. Yeah. They're not blind. They pick up on a lot. So <laughs> you know um, my kids have noticed how the relationship with her, uh, she and I has had its rocky points, mm-hmm. um, but I'm grateful that I've I have because I don't rally the troops like oh me and your grandma are fighting right now, so you guys can't talk to her. Like no, no, no. I tell my mom like even if you and I are having a difficult time, you're welcome to see them. I'm not going to keep you from them, yeah. you know. And I tell and I believe that that there is a great opportunity for them to have the type of relationship with my mother that I couldn't have because she's older, she's wiser now, you know, hopefully she's too tired to be as angry as she's been in the past, (laughs) you know, and just, she, she knows where I stand in terms of my kids and the things, the boundaries that I set. So I, I, I monitor her. I don't, I want to say monitor her, but I, I, Filter her usual behavior when I when she's around my kids. Like I've asked her things like, please don't smoke around the kids because they don't like it when you smoke. When she's at my house, she can get kind of combative in her communication style, so it looks like we're fighting. and we don't we don't talk to each other like that in my home. So I have to tell her sometimes like, Mom, just bring it down a notch, okay? Because the kids are in the room, please. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't talk aggressively and abrasively like that here. You know, we keep an even tone here, and so. Um, I've had to filter, but she does. She listens, so it's great, you yeah. know. And I see, like my relate, my relationship mm-hmm. with my grandma mm-hmm. is great. She's like my best friend. I tell her, I use, I call her Mi diario porque le digo todo, you know. And um, I have been told that part of the reason my mother is the way she is is because of my grandmother. So I thought, okay, that tells me that while my mom and her mom, my mom and my grandmother, may have been combative in their relationship. My, my grandma's relationship with me is nothing like that, so it gives me hope. Yeah, it gives me hope to see like, oh, my kids probably can have a very nurturing and authentic connection to my mom. I like I said, I still have to tailor her down. Yeah, you know, because my kids' love language is different than hers. You know, like they're she likes to sh- give gifts, and my kids are like, no, I'm cool with just spending time. You know, let's just go do something together. Yeah. Um. So I do have to tailor her back sometimes. Like, you don't have to take them on a shopping spree. Seriously. <laughs> like you take them yeah take them to the park or something (laughs) they'll be cool with that but uh yeah so it's um it's an interesting thing but that's how it shows up for my parenting style i just kind of remember that my problems are my problems and they're not they're not responsible for healing my stuff
0: exactly exactly i'm the same way after i learn and after i did my my own work and it's like okay yeah i cannot drag my kids to my own problems because really it's it's not their fault. It's
1: not fault. It's not their fault. It's not their issue.
0: Yeah, it's not their issue and, you know, like like you, I had a better relationship with my grandmother growing up. Like so my even though she passed away a couple 5 years ago, but for the most part of my life, my life my life was with my grandmother. It wasn't yeah. my mother. Um yeah. A good portion of it. And um so my mother and I clashed. And a lot of the times I didn't understand why I clashed so much with my mother. And I had such a beautiful relationship with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And obviously. And now that I look in, I'm like, okay, I, I, you know, my mom was going through her own struggles and even doing my own mother wound healing. um, You know, I'm like, I understand why my mom was the way that she was, you know, mm-hmm. she had her Own differences with my grandmother, and I had to accept my mom because of that. You understand? But also, I I mean, accept and understand, but also know that I can also set boundaries and set new relationships with my own mother, and that that is okay to do. It's completely okay. Yes, I think what it is too, like as Latina women, and even as women in general we feel like we have to have this consistent attachment to our moms because that's Mm -hmm. our mom. And of course, you know, we want to be respectful and we want to, you know, you know, we want to make sure that they're happy, obviously with us and everything, but we also got to know that it's okay to have our own lane without them, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, I know you do your coaching, you're also a full-time mom, you work professionally. How do you balance everything out as a mother and as a professional, um in your work itself you know what i mean like and where do you and how if someone wants to like come and reach out to you like how do they can get connected with you
1: yeah well the best way to connect with me uh it's either through my website or instagram Mm -hmm. seriously and i spend most of my time on instagram uh my handle is at mg success coach so if you guys find me there um that's the best way to find me but on my link tree there on my instagram you have Downloads to my ebook. I actually do have an ebook called the Latina mother wound for free. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and then you can have uh, access to my calendar so you can schedule a 30 minute complimentary call with me. Mm -hmm. But, um, but so the way I balance it all is with boundaries. It really is. I mean, I, I only take clients and client calls Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. Mm -hmm. That's it. I do that purposely because my best work is done when I'm not rushed. I don't like to rush anything. I actually do whatever I have to, whenever I commit to something, I kind of get started on it really early.
0: You know, like
1: my daughter's gonna be 15, you know, in January. We started planning our quinceañera like a year ago. <laughs> we like booked the <laughs> hall. We already got the dress. Like we just like you know. I'm, almost, I'm
0: like I'm actually getting there. My <laughs> like mommy. So we I celebrated my 16. I know we're going off topic, you guys, but this is actually perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I, I'm just I'm not in a rush type of person. I just yeah, don't like doing yeah. that. I um my daughter's gonna be 15 next year, and she's like, "Mommy, can I have a quinceañera?" And I was like i guess so i mean yeah i, mean, I do either or because i'm on durian so is he yeah, like yeah. that's all that, that he says so See. Uh, i'm like you want to king says all right so we're actually starting to plan now for yeah or 16, yeah 15, but right? that's how i do it i do
1: i do two things i do the 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 i i keep my schedule tuesday wednesday thursdays for for client work right and um and podcasts and everything like that i purposely don't do Mondays and Fridays because I need, I'm the type of, especially like, I need to ease into things. You know what I mean? Like I don't like to be rushed. So I wake up at, you know, I get seven hours of sleep at night and I wake up super early because I like a slow morning. You know, my morning is wake up. I listen to affirmations. I sit down and I pray, I journal and I read for 30 minutes. And then after I'm done with that, I go for a 30 minute walk just to kind of clear my head and get my body moving but I don't like to rush through that. Mm-hmm. I like to take my time. I like to get back, take a shower, you know? So I purposely don't put anything on my schedules Mondays and Fridays. I love that. Um, Cause I like to ease into my, my new week. And then Fridays, I just like to take care of my home mm-hmm. and then get my weekend started with my husband and my kids. Cause I'm in my home office for hours. I'm literally in here probably from like seven 30, eight o'clock till about Six, seven, six thirty, seven 30, seven o'clock at night. Sometimes, you know, I'll take breaks. I'll go downstairs, put on something for dinner. Sometimes my husband makes dinner. Sometimes we'll call food in, you know, but really since I'm so busy, my clientele list, for my one-to-ones are, is almost full. So I'm starting a wait list soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't have a ton of time to just, you know, be chilling. So I'm just working. So I do that. I, I restrict my schedule to take care of my mental health and make sure that I balance my family as well. But I also subscribe to the ADOD method, which is like you either, you know, because as a solopreneur, it can be very overwhelming, yeah. right? You're everything. You're HR, accounting, you're, you're all that, right? <laughs> you're
0: everything. You're <laughs> everything, so I get it.
1: Yeah, but no, I subscribe to the ADOD method, which is I either automate, delegate, outsource, or delete, take it off. You know, like I, if I see that it's not in alignment with what I... either automate it, you know, I have Infusionsoft, I do all that stuff, I have Planoly for my content, all all that stuff, or I do, I delegate, so I either outsource, you know, send it to my um, social media manager, or to my, uh, my my, tech, I blanked, she's a virtual assistant, right, Uh, Or then I will, or I will uh, outsource it. So if I, you know, like my web, my web, uh, my web design, any web updates, that's outsourced. I have um, Ashley for that. And then I outsource like my bookkeeping, my attorney stuff, my uh, insurance, all that stuff is outsourced. And then, uh, and then anything that, that I don't want, I just delete it. So even if I, if I'm asked to do something, or I initially thought it was a good idea to do something. You know, like I said, if I say, if I can't do it, it doesn't fit in my Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday boundary. And if I can't automate it, delegate it, uh, you know, or outsource it, then I'm just going to take it off my plate for now. I'll shelf it for another time. Yeah. You know, but I subscribe to those two methods and it's helped me a ton. Like, in in fact, it's attracted to me the right type of work, the right type of opportunities and the right clients. So it's been wonderful.
0: I love that. Um, can you talk a little bit, I know you started, you talked a little bit about the Heal Dijas, right? Sí. Um, Now, do you also deal with the youth as well when it comes to mother wound healing? Or do you just deal with old, like, um, like older women in terms of mother wound healing?
1: Some of the women in the Heal Dijas Facebook group are still like freshmen, sophomore in college. So they're still young. There's some, some women in there that are not moms yet. Okay. So I, I think um, that the youngest I've seen is probably about like 19. Okay. Um, I've been asked by, I've been involved with a company, with a movement in Canada called Charlas, and they do a lot of work with youth. Mm-hmm. And so I did come in and speak on something for them recently. And they, they're like average, like 13 to 17 kind of a group that they talk to. But other than that, no, I haven't really heard from teenagers just yet. Okay. Right. Um, I'm open to it, but no, right now it's been mostly just, you know, kind of early twenties and older mm-hmm. moms and not moms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, an, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. And and I started Heal Dijas in January, on January 3rd, and it, it's now over 148 women in there. And so got great content and i um, very, I just launched Heal Inner Circle. So oh. that's just like, that's like a small group that's more intimate. Like, you know, the Facebook group, I go in there once a week yeah. and share some content, some training, but the uh, membership group is actually more, more intimate, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll actually get to connect and we do webinars and things like that. And you get some cool merch as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, can you share like what is it that you like offer? I know you say you offer one on one, and you also have the inner circle. Like, what um are those just to serve? Like, what are the services that you share that way? Like, if anyone wants to know more, how they can like work with you? Let's just say, yeah, what you have to offer.
1: Yeah, so I do have one-on-ones, of course, and because I'm a life and career coach, most yeah. of the women that I work with, we're, they're, either, they're trying to advance their career, they landed the good job, but they just want to do well in the good job, you know, or they want to find their confidence and stuff, and so um, we kind of bounce back and forth between life and career, because like I said, a lot of the issues that keep us stuck in career Started from the messaging that we got as kids, right? Okay. So we have to like sort of peel the onion of that trauma and reprogram our minds and rebirth that inner child again. Um, but so you can do one-on-ones with me, or you can join one of my online like groups. So I have like a uh, Healyca's Inner Circle, and that provides like meditations, journal prompts, um, weekly webinars, things like that of different topics, um, as well as access to me you know if you need anything you know you um, you can reach me via via email or text if you know something comes up and you need adequate support so you can do one on one you can do that group program i also have an online course for anyone who's trying to promote their career like to promote to the next level or even just change jobs it's it's called the career the career catalyst mm-hmm. and it's a six it's a six week online course that people take on their own um, so but yeah most of the, But i will tell you though most of the time people come to me for one-to-one because this is such personal work, yeah. you know, and we, and, and so I enjoy it because it helps us do all the steps of the mother wound healing together, you know, um, reconnecting with your inner child, mm-hmm. healing your inner feminine, um, mourning the loss of the, the mother type that you wish you had, mm-hmm. you know, being able to re- establish boundaries forgive yourself, forgive others, you know, rather than carry this level of resentment that, that you possibly is keeping you stuck. Right. But there's so just reinventing your identity in a way that feels authentic to you. So we address all kinds of stuff because this, this stuff just, it shows up, man. It just, it's, it's so crazy. I mean, even, I think, I think it's really wonderful though, how this healing sort of creates seeds of blossom in other areas. And I can share a, a short story if you want to hear yeah, it. Go ahead. Go but ahead. like, so one of the areas that I needed to heal with is I I had a very um offendable heart. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have like, you're just looking to, you're easily offended, Yes. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, because I learned that from my mom, my mom is the type of person that you know, again, because she never loved herself, you know, and doesn't love herself fully, you know, she, she feels like the outside world is always criticizing her, always. So it's like, you can make mention about something that has nothing to do with her and she will figure out a way to kind of make it about her. So that like, oh, oh, she, she wanted to offend me. You know, like I could, you could say like, oh my gosh, look at Sarah. She lost like weight. She looks great. What are you saying? I'm fat. Is that what you're saying? Like she's that person, right? So I just learned that. That's what we do. We learn, we learn how to intake the world and how to navigate the world by watching how our moms navigated the world. So when my mom was so sensitive to people's opinions, or even if they had nothing to do with her, even if she, because she wanted to control people, mm. she wanted to, to be able to, you know, make sure that they revered her in a certain way so that she could feel loved. So I learned that early on. Right. And I realized as I got older that I was the same way. Like I would be very, I was looking for the offense. I'm like waiting for someone to make a comment, to make a passive aggressive dig, assuming that this is just the way people treat each other. Right. My mom did do it to me. So I was, when I was around her, I was especially on edge. Right. I was like, Oh, here it comes. It's going to be the dig. She's going to say something. Right. And I, and (laughs) I just knew, right. And I was, so I was on edge a lot, but when you're on edge a lot like that, in other places, like your work amongst your girlfriends, you know, in your, your marriage, yeah. you know, like no one can talk to you. And I learned that like, if you are the easily offendable person, be prepared to be lied to always, always. no one's going to tell you the truth, even if it's for your own good, because you cannot accept even the truth and love, even for someone to say, you know, what you said the other day or the thing you did the other day, that was pretty ugly. like That wasn't cool. That's not you. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that about? You know, but if you, if nobody can even talk to you in a loving way like that to call out your bad behavior, that's an indication that you are just so easily offended yeah. that no one can tell you the truth. And you're just what you walk out to the world every day and look for proof that you don't belong, yeah. that you're not loved. Okay. Right. And so I carried that offended that easily offended spirit about myself for years. Right looking for the world to prove to me that I was right. I'm not lovable. I don't belong, right? I I deserve to be judged and criticized and all those things. So when I started to heal that, I started to really, you know, lean into things like, you know, people treat each other because of their own traumas has nothing to do with me. You know, I started to stop creating stories because we do that to ourselves too. Oh, we not. see someone's behavior and our unhealed filters create a story in oh, our brains. A lot. We, we do this thing called awfulizing. Mm-hmm. We awful some, we make it bigger in our minds and then we lose sleep and we get angry and we get resentful. And, you know, so okay, I had this for, yeah, for days, of course, it, it I was ahead. doing this. Yeah. And I was doing this and I started to see like, oh my gosh, I'm turning into my mother. Like I'm doing it. And I'm gonna end up just as isolated as she is. Right. So I started to do the work to heal that. So that I would I noticed this as a, as a trigger. So I started affirming the way I wanted to think. I started catching myself and journaling every time, you know, going within, getting curious. Like, what is this? Why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. You know, and stop making it about the other person, what they said, but how I can just sit in this discomfort for a little while. Mm-hmm. I learned how to not have to make a decision or a judgment right away, you know, like I can just sit in something and not have to have an opinion, you know, just let it be. And that work freed me in so many ways. I was on a conference call with this, um, with this, you know, with other professionals, right. And during this call, the host of the call asked us to go around the room and share our wins, right. So it came around to me, and I sure to win. I just landed this contract. That was a really difficult contract, but I was super excited about it. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, got this contract!" So excited. We start next month. Blah blah blah. Everyone else on the call was like, "Oh, that's great! Congrats!" One person kind of said, like, "Oh, well, I had a similar contract to that, but you know, I wouldn't get too excited because it didn't pan out for me. Like, I got all excited, I didn't ask the right questions, and in the end, it didn't work out. So, just you know." Be careful how excited you get about it is all i'm saying so i and and then it, the call went quiet mm-hmm. i didn't think about it after that mm-hmm. i was like whatever i moved on with my day right and then the like two days later somebody called me said who was on this group call and they were like oh my gosh michelle i'm so sorry that that happened like it just sounded like this person was trying to steal your thunder and and like put a wet blanket over your wind like i hope you didn't take that to heart and i was like huh what what person completely forgot about it, like went over my head because I was too busy celebrating and I was too busy like moving on to the next thing, right? And all the work that I had done, my mind was as soon, I didn't even let myself get offended. I was just like, this guy's probably having a really crappy day and I don't know what hangups he has and and, and I don't have to awfulize this. I don't have to create a story behind his comment. I could just leave this comment here. And I learned that from my interactions with my mom, from healing my mother wound and knowing that, because before I would interact with her and her digs would get to me in such a way that I, I would leave at the rest of the day I'd be upset. Yeah, You know, I'd be like, ugh, like I get exhausted good. from the interaction, right? Yeah. And now I can, if I go to her house at one in the afternoon and I leave at three, my mind is done by three. Like I don't have to carry, I don't have to dissect that. Was that good? Was that a good visit? huh, okay, well, what did she say? What did she mean by that? Like, I'm not dissecting the visit anymore. Where the visit ends, I can move on to the next thing and just leave the visit where it is. So because I learned that during this call, even after this comment that this guy, and apparently everyone else on the call was like, wow, that was ugly. Why did he say that to her? That's not cool. But I was like, no, the call ended at 11.59 and I haven't thought about it since. That freedom for even for someone to call me two days later, like, are you okay? Like that was really scathing the comment he made. Are you all right? And I'm like, you know what? I didn't, even. I'm fine (laughs) actually. And, and and I've I've even interacted with that person since. And it's cool. I'm like, Hey man, how's it going? Normally if I would have carried that pain, that anger, that like, I can't believe he said that he's trying to embarrass me and awfulize it the way I did with my mom's comments towards me. I could like the next time I see him, I could be really bitchy and just like, you know, kind of like disregarding to him. I created a story that now he's my enemy and, and I'm going to put up a wall. Yeah. But no, I was around him. Totally fine. Totally fine. And I was like, this is freedom. Exactly. This is freedom. I'm grateful for the, for the, for the opportunity to be learn how to navigate these interactions with my own mother so that when I'm out with other people, I can still be just as fine. and I don't have to awfulize. I don't have to keep myself stuck. Exactly. In this mental loop and yeah. and and unnecessary suffering.
0: It's so yes so it stuck in there. Like I, I, that was me too. Even like with my mom, like there were times when I, I would visit her just because just because you mentioned that a little bit. But of course, and I had other interactions where people trying to where people will say something and I will be stuck for for days, like days, and then maybe yeah. months. And then I'm like, and I still have not healed and it has come up again. And then I start making all these stories. Yeah. I started doing a lot of my inner healing, not only like things doesn't become so offensive anymore. I'm like, okay, that's that person. Well, just keep it moving. Or, yeah, or in the sense of, you know what? I'm not going to get stuck in there because I know when I get stuck in there, it creates, I've created like 50 stories and, and that, that person's probably going to sleep good at night and yeah
1: yeah they're not even thinking about it yeah
0: they're fine (laughs) so that is such a great that is so good because i think so when people need to realize and and i think it goes in all types of healing that when you start working on yourself there's things that you don't that you start realizing that you're not carrying anymore and one of them is Mm -hmm. even being offended you know what i mean i was quick to getting offended especially with my mother i'll Mm -hmm. be honest i my mother would say one small thing and I will be offended for days. For yep. months. I probably wouldn't even talk to her. And then she wouldn't even know I was so upset with her, you know, just for, and it was probably something stupid, but because I wasn't working on myself at that time, I was yeah. becoming so offensive with everything that she was saying to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. get it. I get it. Um, before we close off, because I, listen, I could talk for days with you and I I'm like, I have so many other questions, but like, I don't, you know, I want the listeners to like, definitely, I think you have shared so much already within this, you know, within here, with the whole, especially the mother wound. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that you came on here to really talk about that because I think for a lot of Latinos and in not just Latinos, everyone you know, women of color and white women, that we all have our struggles when it comes to our mother wounds That people don't realize how important it is to heal. Um, before we close this off, Michelle, like, is there any last minute things that you would like to share with the community? Um, yeah. Close this off? yeah.
1: Two important things that I definitely want to make sure these, your audience understands is number one, Healing your mother wound isn't about demonizing mom or making her like an enemy or anything like that. I, it does, there is a part in the healing journey that you do have to face how you're really feeling. Right. But we don't make her the enemy. This isn't a dump on mom session. That's not what this is. This is about you understanding that there's a part of your healing that you have to take responsibility for. You cannot depend on her. This isn't her journey you were collateral damage of her unhealed journey. So she doesn't have time to be a part of yours and it's not her job. And if you hinge her investment of time and energy into your healing, you make it a requirement. You set yourself up to fail. Mm -hmm. It's almost like looking for, if you, if you expect the validation, if you expect the apology, the acknowledgement, There's some personalities that just don't, they don't do that. They don't do well with accountability. They're just emotionally immature, narcissistic, um, emotionally closed off. Like it's some, you know, those of us who are good with emotions, we could talk about them all day, but there's some people that it's like, you know, dropping a big yellow boa constrictor snake on their, on their, on their desk. And they're like, Whoa, 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 take this thing away from me. It's just, it's uncomfortable for them. Right. So just, I don't want to make sure that that's very, very clear, that this isn't like, oh, is this mean I have to confront my mom and I have to bring her to the session and we're going to have this like weird moment? No, mm-hmm. you can actually heal. You can actually heal your mother wound, heal, be on your journey and your mom have zero engagement. She's just going to notice that something's different about you Yeah, and she might not like it, but that's not your problem. Yeah. Right, she's just you. Just tell her like I'm a. You're able to show her the. This is who I'm showing up in the world as now. And if you want to be a part of it, you want me to be around, and this we, we're gonna be around each other in this way because this is how I'm comfortable. Take it or leave it. You yeah. know. But that's that's one one thing I want to be very clear. Yeah. Like, this isn't a a, a you know because I know a lot of women feel like oh my gosh I'm gonna talk about my mom and we're gonna like I, I don't want to bring shame to my mother and that's not what this is. Exactly. It's not what this. It's just a decision to be free. Mm-hmm. To find freedom and reinvent, rebirth yourself, yes. right? And number two, a lot of people assume that once mom is gone, that the heal that the wound is fixed. Mm. That that's no. If you're if you've been apart from your mother for many years, or your mother has passed on, and you still you can still carry the mother wound, or if you just think like I'm just going to put up with it until you know Dios se la lleve, and then this will be over, no because again our our bodies are truth tellers they are innate truth tellers and the things we don't say will show up in our actions in our health in every in our decision making so if you think oh the past is in the past or when she's gone i won't feel this way absolutely not so don't hinge your healing on that on yeah. that tragedy happening or, you know or that or that big life event to happen and then you'll be free you can find freedom now you know, and showed yourself that you're worthy of being mm-hmm. at peace with your womanhood and heal that inner feminine that you've always wanted to heal.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that you touched that. You actually said when the, when the mom passes that you think it, everything goes away and it doesn't. So I know we're, we're like a little bit on time, but like, just, I just wanted to share. I had to heal my, after my grandmother passed five years ago, I had to heal that relationship with my grandmother because yeah. I, even, even though it was five years ago that she healed and it was 10 over 10 years that she caught a stroke and I was with her, I was carrying so much pain and it was showing up in my work. It was mm-hmm. showing up in a lot in my relationships with so many other women because I mm-hmm. was, there was so much that I was carrying there. So it is so true when you say like, even though people pass, we still carry a lot of the trauma, the hurting and, 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 you know, we just, and stuff that we probably didn't think that we had, that we just have to learn how to fix and and heal that part. So I'm really glad that you really touched base on that because that yeah. was something that came up with me when I was going through my own journey and my own journey right. of healing.
1: So thank right. you. Well, yeah, and, it, and it's also something that comes up even in our group, you know, I hear I hear a lot of um, people say, like girls who are in the, ladies that are in the group and they'll say, my sister doesn't want to be a part of the group because she's like, you know, the past is in the past why are you bringing this up? And I'm like, okay, what's their, her relationship like with your mother? Mm-hmm. And they'll explain to me that there may be some codependency, mm-hmm. some toxic, toxic enmeshment, you know, mm-hmm. like there's no, there's no boundaries. You know, there could be, um, a, a lot of gossip or a lot of resentment, unspoken resentment. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just filters the, the, the atmosphere with toxicity. And I'm like, okay, so that's clear indication that the past is not in the past. Yeah. It's very much present. Mm-hmm. It's just, like I said, some people, view emotions and view facing traumas as this big snake that you just plop on their desk on their lap. And they're like, well, you know, I, I can't talk about this. I can't, don't don't make me touch this. I don't want to look at it. And, and also the mother wound itself. I mean, Bethany Webster, she's been doing a lot of this work and, you know, for the, the ladies in her community are, they love her ways of, of teaching. And she even says like, yeah, there's, you know, there's just no way to really know how far they can meet you there. So all you can do is, you know, Hey, I'm going to be responsible for my own healing. and Yeah. Take the lead and honestly
0: do your own healing. And and yes, it feels lonely, but at times, because yeah, many times it does feel lonely, but it's always up to you to take that action in order to fix, not, not fix, but yes, fix, but also work around like what's around you as well. Right. But that's
1: why I created Heal So it wouldn't be so lonely. You know, so like there's 148 women just like you that are trying to do this work. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, so Michelle, I really want to say thank you so much for this interview. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and sharing your work with my community. And you guys, um, Definitely, I'm gonna put in the show notes all your information so they can follow you, how they can follow, you, even your um, your ebook that you have on that's available to the community. So you guys make sure that you guys go and um, you know read, like follow Michelle, <laughs> give mm-hmm. her some love, but also definitely take advantage of all the information that she has available for for the community. Um, Michelle, you. once again, thank you so much. Oh, no, thank, thank you, Christy. You, thank I appreciate you. you. Thank you. Bye guys.